I met the criteria to be selected. Making all that ear liquid vibrate. Welcome back to another episode of Met The Criteria. Here we are recording on the final day of the regular season. Sunday the 10th of April here in the UK. It's 10 to 8. We are 40 minutes away from some exciting tip-offs in the Eastern Conference playing race. We'll get to all that during this episode. Uh, Jared in the hot seat taking the lead hosting this week uh, alongside me. Um, Is he still awake? Is he still awake, Theo? Is Vincent still awake? Yep, just just about still awake. Uh, Vinny's been having a, a bit of a shocker of a day. Uh, keeps falling asleep. Uh, he's suddenly become an old man. He can't sit and watch the telly without falling asleep. But he's got himself a little, I think it's a Petit Filou yogurt pot that he's been uh, really... Oh, raspberry flavour looks pretty good. Um, other flavours are available. This is not an endorsement. But Vincent, how are you feeling? I'm doing well, Jared. Uh, I'm keeping well. Uh, we back, met the criteria. There we go. He's, he's good. And also here, um, a fresh, fresh hair, hairdo, um, looking pretty fresh for his holiday. Um, he does lock his house when he goes on holiday, so uh, you won't be able to break in, unlike Vincent. Uh, but yeah, here's, here alongside also co-host, co-member of the team, special guest, uh, Theo, how are we doing? Very good. Um, my scalp, I can't move my forehead. My scalp very tight with the with the cornrows. Alan Iverson, I don't know how you did this for so long, but my respect for you has just gone up even more because how you can play basketball and not move your face, my hat's off to you. Impressive. Other than that, I'm all good. <laughs> I love go. that. I can't move my scalp. <laughs> Honestly, what did you say? I can't move my face. Yeah, honestly, like if I lift my eyebrow, ah, oh. oh, it's so tight, it's so tight. Wow. Maybe that lady did it a bit too tight. Well, well maybe she has. Let's not say anything on this episode that's going to be too surprising to Theo because he will not be able to raise his eyebrows in surprise without being in agony. So, but yeah, we've got a, a lot to uh, sort of catch up on, a lot to unpack in this episode. The Nets are trash, you're not winning anything. No reaction so far. All right, no reaction. <laughs> Um, but yeah, as, as we say, we're coming to the end of the regular season. So I thought maybe um, we could kick off really with just how, how things have gone for our individual teams this season. And um, we'll get into that first of all. Um, we'll start with uh, Vincent, a uh, Houston Rockets fan, been uh, part of this rebuild, another rebuilding season. Um, how, how have you been pleased with the progress of some of the young players on the teams? Maybe start off with Jalen Green. What have you seen out of him so far th- this season? I feel like Jalen Green's got a bright future ahead of him. He needs somebody to, I don't know, anchor, not anchor him, but somebody on the court who knows, who's experienced, who can be a good influence for him. Because I still sometimes see rash decisions by him. He's still got a lot to learn. Uh, But I see a bright future. I think he he has shown what he's capable of. He's a good three-point shooter. Uh, He's a good shooter overall. Defensively, could be better, but overall, I'm very, very pleased with him. I'm pleased with Michael Porter Jr., all of them. Not Michael Porter Jr., Kevin Porter Jr., sorry. I'm pleased with him, how his performances are. Obviously, he's had some rash games, cockiness. That's why I feel like with the Rockets at the moment, they just need somebody like a leader who's experienced and understands the game of basketball. Um, I'm hoping 
that we can offload John Moore. So now potentially can actually get uh, get that, that salary cap and we can actually get a decent player to come in and get that sorted out. But yeah, overall, not going to lie, it's been a disappointing season to witness. But we move on and we it is part of the project we build and it is, it's going to be a long process. We've shown brief moments throughout the season what we're capable of, that we can actually play some good basketball when we're organised, We've beat some good teams over the season. Well, we just maybe maybe they've had their off days, but it just shows we've got a few years ahead of us to get back to where we want to be. I'm going to accidentally put you on blast, here, Vinny, and I'm not I'm not meaning to send shots, but that's probably how it's going to come across. So I apologise in advance. But the Rockets are about to play their 82nd game of the season. Obviously, no postseason action for them this time. So this is the last game that the Hawks are going to play until the Hawks, sorry, the Rockets are going to play until next year. Um, how many of those 82 games have you uh, have you watched? If you don't mind me asking. Phil, I think you, you've just said it then. It is a shot. Like, okay, I'm going to admit it. Obviously, I think it's you, a fair question, though. No, okay, oh. it is a fair question. And I'm not going to lie. Of course, I've not been able to watch as much Rockets game because they're trash. <laughs> to be fair, they're trash. And I don't want to like, constantly just be watching trash all the time. So I would say I'd, I'd, I'd rather not answer that question. Listener discretion is advised. You can, you can take from that what you will from Vincent. Yeah, I'd rather not answer the question. Theo. I'm entitled. <laughs> Less to than five. Theo, I just said it to you then. I'm. A, I'd rather not answer the question, and I'm not going to answer the question. Are you happy? Are you happy, Jeff? Yeah. I, I, in my mind, it's less than five. Maybe, maybe Phil, even like. What are you gaining from this deal? Can I ask what nothing. are you gaining from this? Uh, nothing really. I'm sorry. It, it, exactly. So it is being kind of like a little dig. There's no need, Theo. There's really no need. Yeah, I'm sorry. There was no I'm need sorry. for that question. You're right, so, Vincent. I apologise. Feel th- free there's... to... Listeners, just ignore what you've just heard. Cut that from your memories. Uh, and let's move on. Yeah. So, yeah, there's no need. And I, I choose to not answer that question. So, there. I think going back to, to what you've been saying about Jalen Green, Vinny, um, and his bright future that he said, he was asked recently, what have you learned in your first NBA season? And I think he, he said, I think his answer was, that I'm a walking bucket or that I'm a bucket or something like that. He's exuding confidence and he certainly had no issue, particularly the second half of the season scoring the basketball. So that's something to, to sort of cling to as, as, as a Rapids fan, I'm sure, something to, to look forward to, his development. Uh, thinking about the lottery, the upcoming lottery, um, is there any sort of, with the Rockets looking like they're going to be sort of potentially a high pick in the in the draft again, is there any prospects just briefly that you have been seeing that you think, oh, I quite, I quite like him to pair alongside the rest of this squad? No, because for me, I just feel like we need to offload John Wall more than anything because we've clearly shown, yes, we've got the nice pick. We've got the number two pick this season. And yes, it's nice to have good picks, but if you have no star on your team or somebody to show you leadership I still feel like it just it doesn't it doesn't pan out it doesn't pan out there's been franchises before who've always had number one picks and they're still not doing too well I'll give you an example Minnesota Timberwolves yes this season they've become good and the first first time they potentially could come into the playoffs but for the previous years they've had many number one picks and they've not done anything with those picks so I just feel like overall, yes, we might get a nice pick, but if we haven't got a good all-star potential player in there or potential uh, a, a class, 
a basketball player who's got good IQ knowledge about the game, who knows the game, we're going to be like uh, lost sheep basically without a shepherd. And I just feel like we need, I don't know why I came up with that knowledge. I have no idea where I came with I think you came up with that one. (laughs) I'm not saying I came up with it, you know what I mean? But I just don't know why you say lost sheep without a shepherd. I have no idea. But yeah, yeah, it's a great word in the sense that we would be like lost sheep without a shepherd. We need somebody. We need a Chris Paul to come in. I'll give you an example. Look at the Suns. The Suns had a good team. They had good players in that squad. And as soon as they signed Chris Paul, they became title contenders. And that's what we just need. I'm not trying to say that we need a pick that's going to make us title contenders. But we just need somebody to stable the ship. And John Wall needs to be offloaded. It's either you're going to play John. Or, I know, but I don't see a career because if he's sat out this entire season, that clearly shows you he doesn't want to be part of this project. And I just feel like, yeah, we we just find somewhere else for yourself. We need to offload him this season. Well, there you go. There's your Rocket season recap, Benny. And uh, certainly when we look at you, we, we certainly feel pity because uh, you are lost sheep without a shepherd there in Houston. But good times will come, I'm sure, I'm sure. Let's uh, move up this. These Chicago Bulls, you just get a nice little moment in the sun and you just want to just dig at it. Eh? We pity you. Is that how it is, there, Jared? I'm just I'm just trying to relate to what you were saying, Vinny. That's all. I've been you. I've, I've, I walked so that I could run. I don't know. Anyway, Theo, we'll uh, come to you now. Um, it's been a while since we've spoken about the Brooklyn Nets, actually. It's been a, a tumultuous season, obviously. Um, we had the, the whole Harden trade thing. We had the whole Ben Simmons thing. We've had the whole mega losing streaks, Kyrie Irving's vaccinating. What what a whirlwind of a season it's been. On reflection, what has been your highlight of the season so far? Um, it's a difficult one, this, really, because there's not really been any highlights, I don't think, from, from a Brooklyn Nets standpoint. My highlight? No, I got a highlight for, for, for the Nets when he said Kyrie Irving's an all-star after one game. <laughs> That's no, my highlight of this, this Nets. This Nets I remember that when he said that. Kyrie Irving, after one game, all-star, people. He's got a right to be in the all-star round. Well, I stand by that. Kyrie Irving it's better than your favourite point guard. Just throwing it out there. Um, uh, probably saying there's, saying there's no highlights is probably maybe a bit drastic. Maybe I'm being a bit extreme there saying that. See, I think seeing that Kevin Durant is capable of performing at such a level that he is, had his season, his season not been shortened due to that injury, I think he probably would find himself in MVP conversations. I think seeing the way that he can score the ball so efficiently, how he can provide such a, a veteran leadership, such a, a clutch gene within him, I think is very exciting for, and, and also the fact that he signed signed the, the extension in the off season, keeping him to Brooklyn for for the foreseeable future really does extend the title window that we've got. So while things maybe haven't necessarily gone to plan. Uh, this year, there's obviously still time yet. We don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs and beyond, but things certainly haven't gone to plan this season. We've, but it's not the end of the the title window. Having as long as Kevin Durant's around, I'm certain we'll be able to attract the caliber of talent that we'll need to be able to be some degree of contention. So I think Kevin Durant is is always going to be a highlight. Uh, but beyond that, I would say probably the other most exciting thing would probably be the development of our, our rookie players in the form of Cam Thomas and, and Kessler Edwards. To 
players that don't really have any rights to, to be involved in this Brooklyn Nets roster. And I think had circumstances been better, had we not faced the injuries that we've had this season, neither of them probably would have seen uh, the rotation. But the fact that Kessler Edwards has developed into an actual sort of... A, 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 a central piece, I would say, mainly due to the fact that we've not got any other wing players, but still the fact that this young player who's drafted in the second round has been able to, to earn himself a, a deal for the playoffs to be able to stick around and, and make a fist of, of, of having a, te- a proper tenure on the Brooklyn Nets going forward has been really exciting to see. Uh, and seeing Cam Thomas develop as well, knowing that he's going to be getting buckets in, in black and white for the foreseeable future is, uh, is pretty exciting as well. So yeah, Kevin Durant, superb rookie class. Superb. All in all, not a great season. Good highlights. Good highlights, I think, for me. Yeah, you mentioned there, rookie of the year, leading candidate there, of course, Cam Thomas, preseason pick. That's uh, that's aged very well, that one. But thinking about, obviously, the the sort of um, limitations, maybe that's the wrong word on the roster, you mentioned about the lack of wing players. Is there any sort of... I don't know, for potential free agent moves or trade moves that you're looking at in the off-season to really round out this roster? Or are you just thinking, all we need is a healthy KD and Kyrie next season with Ben Simmons back out there? It'll be another potential title challenge. It's a, again, it's a, it's a difficult one because the roster itself is, is quite poorly balanced, but at the same time, we don't have a great deal of flexibility. I mean, our biggest trade ship we could have used at the trade deadline was probably Nicholas Claxton, who is expiring. If we don't want to re-sign him, he can walk, but again, he's probably going to be quite a, a valuable piece of the rotation. I do think next season, if we have a healthy Kevin Durant, a healthy Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons back on the floor, if we can play Simmons at the five, we've got KD... At the, at the four, uh, we'd, we'd have Kessler Edwards. I think we've got the flexibility to be able to play small. If we've got Joe Harris back and and Seth Curry, I, I, I don't think we can. I don't think we necessarily need to worry too much about the wing situation if everyone's healthy, because we'll just we'll, a, a healthy team will shoot the, any team off the floor. We'll get we'll concede 140 points probably every night, and we'll score 145. I think the Nets just need to lean into their offense, and next year they'll they'll be fine. I think if everyone's healthy. But I said that last year, and nobody was healthy, so who knows? Yeah. Well, the Nets season certainly isn't over, and neither is uh, my team season the Chicago Bulls it's it's not over but it's felt for the last month or so that it has been over to be honest obviously got off to an extremely hot start and ended up sort of number one in the Eastern Conference up until I think February the 26th was the last time they were number one Um, injuries have played a big factor in this season Lonzo Ball has recently been announced that he's been shut down he won't be returning for the playoffs which is is a real blow because of the way he sort of sets the tempo um, on both sides of the ball but at the start of the season, you might remember, lads, um, my prediction for this team was any anything around the 6-7 seed would have been a successful season. Um, here we are on the last day of the regular season. The Bulls are confirmed as a playoff team, confirmed as a, a number six seed. If you would have said to me at the start of the season, that's what you get, I would have been, wow, what a success this season. It does hurt a little bit having started so well to have now have this record of, you know, zero and 14 or 15 against the top three teams or whatever it is. It doesn't bode well for the playoffs, unfortunately, which I'm sure we're going to get into when we sort of preview some of these series. But I think, again, just the the development of the team, DeMar DeRozan being an all-NBA caliber player has been fantastic to watch. Ayo Dasunmu has been a 
an excellent rookie, another second round pick who's really established himself very, very well. Um, and the flexibility of the, of the team moving forward, obviously Zach Levine's impending free agency is a big one, but um, it's been a great season to be a Bulls fan. Um, I have watched, definitely watched more games than Vincent's watched of the Rockets. No surprise there, but I will be honest, uh, the most recent game, most recent stretch of games, I think it's a four or five game losing streak we're on at the minute. I have barely watched a minute of it because it is, it is a horrible feeling, Vincent, waking up and knowing that your team got beat last night. So I, I fully un- understand and I'm on board with why you've missed some games. But I'll be there for the playoffs to watch us probably get swept by whoever finishes in the number three seed. But we shall see. Have some faith, man. Have some faith. Vincent, my my faith has gone out of the window the last couple of weeks. It is it has been a rough, a rough little stretch. But you know, we still finished above the net. So this is the first season of Met the Criteria in which my team has, has finished highest in the standings. And I think none of us had the balls finishing above the nets in the standings. So you gotta take you gotta take your bitches here and there. So there we go. There you go. So we're coming up to the play-in tournament. And as we mentioned up at the top, the Eastern Conference is absolutely all over the place. So perhaps we'll get to that one second because the West is a little bit easier. We know what the matchups are looking like. Um, perhaps we, we already have a lean in as to how those games are going to work out judging on, on the teams that are involved in that play-in tournament. So flicking over to the standings, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, aforementioned by Vinny, they've had the a first sort of good season in a while. Finally, they've seen some production from some of their uh, high draft picks. Um, they're going to finish in the number seven seed in the Western Conference, meaning they get home court advantage in the first playing game against the Clippers, the Los Angeles Clippers, um, who recently have Vincent's favourite player, Paul George, back in the rotation. Yeah, he's been doing pretty well. And Kawhi Leonard has been practising recently. He's still not up to... 3v3, still doing his individual workouts and stuff like that, but there's, there's a chance he might come back for the playoffs if the Clippers get there, we shall see. I'm going to give my take on this one first. Um, I actually think the Clippers are going to do it. I think they're going to win this game, and I think they're going to secure the seventh seed. I think they're going to go into Minnesota. We saw what they did last season as a as in the playoffs, even without without Kawhi Leonard. They, they beat Utah, got all the way to a, a game six in the conference finals, and I I really think Ty Lue is, is he the best coach in the league? He's he's got if he's if he's not if he's not one, he's two or three, because he has got so much out of some of the players on this team. So I think give me the Clippers to finish with the seventh seed. Uh, Vinny, what do you reckon? I favour the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think they the form that like, they've been on this year is very, very impressive. I think they've they've all played with like a chip on the shoulder, every last one of them in Cat. Uh, Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Patrick Beverly, they just seem like all of them are rough riders who are ready for for war, basically. They want all the smoke. And I feel like they're going to prove a point that they are. They deserve to be in the playoffs. And I think they were gonna, they're going to be, they're going to give the, Cl- the Clippers a hell of a game. And I feel like, you know what? I favour them. I feel like Carl Anthony Towns at the moment, he's just doing bits. He's looking very, very impressive. He's he's showing why he was a deserving all-star this year. He's showing what he's capable of. He has a lot to prove as well as an individual because he's always been one of those players. He's very injury-prone. He's never been the finished product in the sense that we've never seen what he's truly capable of. 
to the playoff stages and stuff like that. He's only had one playoff, I think, his entire career. And I think now he's playing at his full best. He's showing the world what he's truly capable of. And I think like Cat is gonna is gonna drive this team to the playoffs. He's gonna get them there. So I feel like they're gonna beat the Clippers. So I favour them. Well, Theo, it's all it's all up to you now. You've got to, uh, we know we know the Minnesota Timberwolves are your second team. Are you, are you riding with them in the plane? The Timberwolves absolutely are my boys, um, but I I can't see past the well. No, I can see past the Clippers, but I do think the Clippers are going to win. Uh, I think in the win and secure the seventh seed. Uh, I have faith that my Timberwolves will still make it through, maybe in the eighth seed, um, ahead of either San Antonio or the Pelicans. I do fancy that, but I just think the Clippers are on a they're on a little hot streak. I think they've won four or five uh, in a row. They're boosted by Paul George coming back, knowing that Kawhi is probably waiting in the wings should they get through to the to the playoffs. Um, I do think that'll be enough to give them the boost that they need to get in um, and give themselves a good chance of making a, a, a decent run in the playoffs, knowing knowing that they've got probably one of the best, well, no, not probably, one of the best players in the in the league waiting for them if they're able to, to, to get there. So I think that'll be given what they need, the boost they need to get there, I think. And I, my money, personally, is going to be on uh, Clippers-Nets final. What a final that'll be. Battle of the seventh seeds. You heard it here first. Wow, there we go. That is a that is an early prediction. There. You think the Clippers are going to the finals? No, but imagine if it, imagine if it happened. How oh, good would that wow. be? Two I just thought that's just the most craziest the finals, thing you'll ever. Great. I'm telling you now, well, the Clippers if, are if, making if the Kawhi finals. Comes back, if Kawhi comes back, they're Kawhi comes the back. The Clippers are probably second in the West to the behind the Suns, aren't they? With the, with, the, the, them, with how hurt the Warriors have been, you know. Yeah, but the Warriors, you got you got you got Steph, who's potentially going to be coming back for the playoffs, and then you've also got the Suns. Like people keep disrespecting the Suns. They I, keep said, I said the second to yeah. the Suns, I, yeah, I said, but I, I just feel like what about the what about us? Called the Warriors. Like Warriors, we've not fully seen all three of them guys together, and that's why I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm not giving. I'm not even writing them two off yet. The Suns and the Warriors for me is the conference finals. So our other Western Conference playing games just mentioned the ninth and tenth seed. We have the Pelicans hosting the Spurs. Um, shout out to the Spurs for Greg Popovich just loves uh, putting the Lakers down. He's done it for his entire coaching career in San Antonio. He's been a massive sort of foil to the Lakers. And again, this season, it looked like, oh, the Lakers are going to end up with a tenth seed. And wow, what a, what a mess that franchise is in at present. Uh, so the Spurs securing the tenth seed. I think that's where it ends for them. Unfortunately, I think the Pelicans have. Um, I've got too much for them, so I'm going to go with the Pelicans winning that game. Uh, Theo, what are you reckoning? Honestly, I have no idea. Um, I've got a very sort of loose understanding of particularly anything below like the the sixth, seventh seed in the West. I don't really know what's what's going on. I know the Pelicans have, have played quite well of late. Uh, CJ's been a big addition for them. So I fancy they probably they'll probably have enough maybe to see off the the Spurs, Dejounte Murray's potential most improved season might be, be cut short, although not cut short because I suppose it's it's the end of the regular season, which is realistically probably as far as he expected to get. So yeah, I think the Pelicans will probably probably do away with the Spurs, I guess. Vinny, are we three for three? I am going to say the Suns. I feel like the Suns will. Uh, the Spurs. I'm not, sorry. Wow, I am tired, ladies and gentlemen. I think this. I think the Suns are going to progress to the playoffs as well. Um, <laughs> I am going to say the Spurs. 
because I'm just being, I'm just got, I'm just rooting for Pop because I just feel like Pop. This is a nice sort of sender for him. I think it, uh, is there rumors that this is his last season? Is it his last season as a coach? So I'm hoping it's this little what's it called Swan Song, his final performance, and I hope. I hope he can get in with... I don't think he can go past maybe the... You know what? You know what? Yeah, I'm going to go Spurs. I'm just going to go the Spurs. I hope I hope they go through. Maybe just me being kind of like a bit biased, wanting Pop to go off in a, in a, in a good note. So, yeah. You're a romantic villain, aren't you? You're at the end of the very day, much, just a romantic. Very so. much, very much. So that being the case, are you taking the Spurs to make the playoffs proper then? Are they going to win? Are they going to beat out the Clippers? That's why I kind of had to stop myself. That's why I had to stop myself because I was like... I don't, I don't see them getting past It would that be before. on brand for you to say that the Spurs would beat a Paul George team. I think it, fit, I think right it fits with your... No, but I don't think the Clippers opinions. are going to get past the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm Adam and I just don't feel like they are. So that's why I feel, I feel like but, they but can't get... Exactly. If the Clippers lose to the Timberwolves, they will then play the Spurs to determine who gets the eight. Oh, right. So... Yeah, I'm gonna keep quiet. I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm a part of me just wants the Spurs to do well because I think they've shocked everybody. I think they, they, they shouldn't be there, and they are. Yeah. And I just hope that they just keep going as further as they can. But I know they're not gonna get far. Ultimately, I think, um, I think the T Wolves and the Clippers are gonna be the two that progress out of the West. I, I have the order sw- switching just because I fancy the Clippers to, to beat Minnesota, but it does seem daft really that the Spurs, who are 34 and 47, so seven games under 500, have the potential to make the playoffs because of this this playing tournament. But it's generated some excitement and it's given us all a good laugh at the expense of the And I, I kind of like the playing tournament now. I think yeah. the playing tournament is actually really quite good. I, it just gives people a bit of last minute hope and I think it's nice now. I think people were kind of criticising it, saying, no, it shouldn't work like that. But I just feel like it makes it more exciting now. Yeah. As someone whose team is at risk of not being in the playoffs as a result of the playing tournament, I couldn't agree less. I hate the playing. I think the seventh seed should progress to the playoffs. De facto. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> well, that leads us nicely into the Eastern Conference, which is very much more complicated. Everything is up in the air. Um, we have the Brooklyn Nets tied with the Cleveland Cavaliers um, at 43 and 38. And just one game behind, we have both the Atlanta Hawks and the Charlotte Hornets. So that is our order. Brooklyn in seventh, Cleveland in eighth, Atlanta in ninth, Charlotte in 10th. So we could do what we've just done with the Western Conference and say, well, as it stands, Brooklyn are going to play Cleveland. So who do you think? But it's probably, it could it could theoretically all change this evening because all four of those teams are due to tip off in the next 15 minutes or so um, in a sort of, a bit like in football, how everything always finishes at three o'clock on the last day of the season or whatever. It's, it's dead exciting. No one's got an advantage. It's, it's all to play for. Um, Theo, you may know how the tiebreakers, et cetera, work. Um, have you got the tiebreaker over all three of the teams below you? Uh, no, so the sh- the Nets currently hold the tiebreaker over. Um, remind myself the Cavaliers and the Charlotte Hornets, but Atlanta have the tiebreaker over the Nets. So sorry, the the, tie- the tiebreaker is obviously because the, these teams are all in the same conference. They play each other four times uh, throughout the season. 
the tiebreaker, the team who has beaten the other team most out of that four-game series throughout the season holds the tiebreaker. And if in the result, the standing, the, the winning percentage is the same, the team who holds the tiebreaker is uh, finishes at highest in the table. Okay. It's a bit like goal so because difference in football. It kind of separates teams that are on the same points or same record. Okay. Yeah. So there you go, listeners at home. Um, okay, so the Nets have got a tiebreaker over Cleveland and Charlotte. So basically, the Nets win and the guaranteed. The Nets beat. Is it the Pacers that playing tonight? The guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. Cool. Uh, Cleveland. Um, let me just flick to the games on my NBA app. Uh, Cleveland are playing at the Milwaukee Bucks, which is a bit of a tough game. Uh, I'm not sure whether the Bucks are getting some guys some rest going into the playoffs. I don't think anybody is playing. Fanatis is going to play 32 plus minutes tonight oh, for the Bucks. So it's there for the Cavs taking. Fantastic. So the Cavs win, then they're probably guaranteed the eight seed. Obviously, Charlotte um, are hoping to see a slip up as they host the Wizards, and the Hawks are going into Vincent's Rockets with a good chance as well of a win there, probably. Um, either of them are hoping for a slip up to move up the standings. Theo, we'll come to you because you're the, you're the one who's majorly involved in this. Which team do you want to face in the 7 8 game? Uh, I'd take any of them, but probably probably the Cavaliers. I think will probably be most most favourable. We had a, a matchup against the Cavs the other night, uh, and it was a touch and go at times. But generally speaking, throughout the season, we've had the best of the Cavaliers. Um, the last time we played Charlotte, they they really done us dirty. And the Hawks. No one wants to play a Trey Young team in a single game elimination scenario. So. Yeah, I think the Cavaliers are probably giving, the least. Are you giving Cooters that? Are you giving? Are you giving Trey Young some flowers there, Theo? You actually absolutely. Yeah, Trae no, Young. I'm, I'm, I'm borderline. I'm borderline standing Trey Young these days. <laughs> Ever since that Knicks series last year, I'm. I can't get enough of me some Trey Young. My team's I, got I, cold. I'm wondering why. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, but, but Charlotte, I think Charlotte, Cleveland, particularly without Jarrett Allen, which is a, a, a huge blow for them, but. I, I, yeah, they, they seem a little bit toothless at times, despite Darius Garland being as as great as he has been the last couple of couple of months. I, they just they don't. Not that any of these teams scare me. I think realistically, whoever they play, the Nets have to expect to progress. But from a an actual practical stand standard, I'd say the Cavaliers have got to be the the ones that they have the sights on. Okay, and I suppose another question just off the back of that one. Are you hoping for the seventh seed and potentially facing Milwaukee? Or would you rather drop to eight and face Miami? So my preference would be probably to play, to, to finish the best case scenario for the Nets as of tonight. And this will obviously all be, be squared away by the time you're listening to this. But the, the preference for the, for the Nets would be to win tonight against the Pacers, can secure seventh, the um, Milwaukee Bucks to lose to Cleveland, and the Celtics to beat a arresting um, Grizzlies team that would put the Bucks down in third, the Celtics in second, matched up with the Nets in the first round. But that would probably be the best case scenario. I'd rather, as much as I think the Nets would beat Milwaukee, uh, beat Miami in a seven-game series, I'd rather just save that test for a little bit later down the line. I think. The Celtics have been fantastic, but they obviously they're dealing without Robert Williams for the next couple of games. I don't know. I do think he's due back at some point in the first round, but um, if we can nick a couple of games early, I think they probably have a good chance of going through against the Celtics. So if it was a choice straight up between the Bucks and the Heat, I would prefer the Heat, but 
I've also come to terms with the fact that we're going to have to beat Milwaukee sometime, so we might as well do it in the first round. I'd rather go out against the Bucks straight away and then move on to next year than, than delay the potential inevitable and, and have to face that humiliation in the, in the second or third round or whatever. Vinny, we'll get your take on the on the Eastern playing teams. So as a reminder, we've got Brooklyn, Cleveland, Atlanta and Charlotte. Of those four, who do you fancy being the two that will progress to the playoffs proper? Atlanta and Brooklyn. There we go. I feel like, uh, like Trey Young, I think the Atlanta will get the eighth seed and I feel like the Nets will get the seventh seed. Um, the, Charlotte Horn- the Charlotte Hornets, are a good team. They're a very good team. They've had a, they've had an, like you say, they've had some really good wins a couple of times there against the Nets. Not, not, not wins, but you know what I mean? Just caused the Nets some troubles a little bit. Obviously, Kyrie dropped 60 on them. Was it 50 or 60? 60. 60. 60, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, he's dropped that on them, but they caused him problems. And even though the Nets, have, when I've watched the Charlotte Hornets, they are a good team, but I just don't feel like they've got the finished product yet. So I'm going to give it the... But when I, 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 I trust Trey. I trust Trey. I feel like Trey will take his Hawks to the next level. Trey was an all-star, which I picked. Trey's had a good season again. Trey, I have faith in Trey. So I feel like they'll get the eighth seed. I think I'm really in agreement with you there, Vinny. I think that is is really tough news for the Cavaliers, who've had a, a fantastic season that has just been serious injury after serious injury. They obviously have not had Colin Sexton all season. Ricky Rubio went down. They've had to deal with Jarrett Allen, who's been injured recently. Garland had some back trouble. Evan Mobley, even. They've, they've really struggled. And I think, ultimately, you look at the last 10 games, the 2-8 and eight in the last 10. They're not coming into the playing tournament in very good form at all. Uh, I don't think they, they really stand a chance against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so the Nets, yeah, in the seventh seed. And to be honest, I, I, I'd fancy either Atlanta or Charlotte to beat them. But I, th- I think you're right, Vinny. I think Trey Young, he, he was quoted very early in the season when the Hawks were struggling, saying, oh, you know, when you've been to a conference finals, the regular season, it doesn't matter. So now he's got to back that up. He's getting to games that really matter. He's got, you know, one game against Charlotte. If he loses it, he's going home. I think he'll win that one and then another game again against Cleveland that I think he'll get the win in. So uh, I think we'll have Brooklyn and Atlanta. I think I agree with you there, Vincent. So, no, it's just probably hit me that the playoffs are about to start. It is. Like, I am so excited. Like, it's it? the, this is the time where you get the Trey Young. Oh, just, I'm so excited, man. I'm so excited. You know, and it's actually hitting you that the playoffs are here, people. Mm. The playoffs are here. So we have some regular season awards to uh, discuss uh, before we perhaps, seeing as though Theo has gone and made his finals pick, I suppose me and Vincent should probably start thinking about that kind of thing and start discussing what we're expecting to see as we as we move through the playoffs. But before we get to that, we've got some, as we say, some awards. The MVP has been a, a hot discussion this season. I think uh, there's been more players mentioned as MVP candidates than I certainly can ever remember throughout this season, including... Uh, one of our recent episodes, DeMar DeRozan was getting some love for MVP. Now he's probably not even going to get onto many ballots at all. Um, we probably have a lead in three candidates. We've got Nikola Jokic, the reigning MVP, Giannis, who's the reigning finals MVP, and Joel Troel Embiid from the Philadelphia 76ers, who's having another stellar campaign. Um, I'm going to let Vincent go first. Um, Vincent, who is your MVP for this regular season? 
I am going to give it to Nikola Jokic. Uh, I feel like he's had another outstanding season. The thing is with Jokic, and I, I'm one of those people who have not appreciated him enough. Like I disrespected him last year when he was a well-deserving winner of the of the MVP. But it's when I've watched the Denver Nuggets, like I've actually watched, like I think I've watched a, a few Denver Nuggets games because I actually slowly root for them sometimes because of how good he is. But that game against the 76ers, when they start the crunch time, when it's like you are the two favourites for MVP, who's actually going to step up? And it's not about with Jokic, it's not about getting crazy numbers. It's about how, what he actually does on the court, how consistently good he is. He never has a bad game. Well, I'm not obviously ever, everyone has a bad game. So I, I mean, that's a bad statement to say, but he never goes too below par. He's always just doing he, what he does, the fundamentals. It reminds me of like a team Duncan, who just does all the basics very, very well. Great passer, great scorer, Great, like not great defender, but good defender, good off the ball. I just, re- I, I, I really just, I'm amazement of this guy. And when you look at him, he looks gassed out. He's, he's like, he's one of those players. He always looks like he's gassed out at like ten minutes into the game, but he continues to just out, outsell. And he's just like, he is genuinely like. When you look at him, you don't look like a basketball. I'm sorry, not to sound like this is offensive, but you look at Nikola Jokic, you don't go, this guy is one of the greatest basketball, not, not one of the greatest, but one of the best basketball players right now on the surf. And, but he is, and he just he's consistently great. And I'm rooting for him to win the, the MVP again, because it's the, even the way he is, he doesn't even care about the MVP. He's like, I don't really care as long as the center wins. So he's got that respect for. Joel Embiid as well. Like he feels that Joel Embiid should win it as well. He doesn't care. And that's what I love about Jokic. I just love the guy. He's so humble. He comes across like a humble guy. So I'm rooting for him and I hope he wins it. So we have one vote for Nikola Jokic, Theo. Cast your ballot. Anyone but Joel Embiid, I think, at this point. Um, just because he's a big baby. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'll die on that hill. Uh, Joel Embiid, big baby. Um, but no, I think... You could make. I'd, 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 I can't even put it into words. I can only at my thoughts. Um, I think Yanis. I think if, if the when you look at the advanced counting stats, the metrics that that Jokic has in his favor, the insane player efficiency ratings and and all the stuff that I mean, I certainly don't understand. The very small member of NBA analytics heads get like Jokic is, is running away with it. And I think it's, you, you, no one could argue. I think if, if Jokic wins, I, I emotionally have difficulty choosing Yanis because I don't want to like him, but at the same time, He's very likable. He's such a such a likable guy. He's got such a great story, and the way every time you hear the guy speak, every time he steps into his press conferences and he just tells a joke out of his little joke book or whatever, he's just such a such a feel good guy. That that Yanis, he's not. He was recently interviewed and said that he's not interested in the scoring title. He's not interested in being MVP. He's just interested in improving as a player. How can he um, take better, make more? Free throws. How can he make better 
three-pointers? How can he focus on himself, but also on making sure that the team succeeds? And he's such, a, a, again, seems like a very humble, down-to-earth kind of guy, much like Jokic does. But I think because he's got that little bit more personality, he's, he endears himself a little bit more to the, to the fans and to the media. And I think that's why there's a little bit more noise around that that Yanis campaign than perhaps there is Jokic. Jokic, you have the the pure statisticians maybe who are rooting for Jokic. But from a, as far as the eye test goes, I think you look at Yanis and look at what he's done for the books, look at where he's got them in the in the league standings compared to in second, potentially finishing second or could potentially finish third, depending on whether the books decide they want to duck the nets in the first round or Compare that to what Jokic is doing. He's just got the, the Nuggets in sixth. Yes, they have had some some injuries to key players, so you've got to feel sorry for him in that one. But purely down, when it's so close, you've got to have a demarcation somewhere. And why shouldn't that be the league standings and the books? The, the books just look phenomenal, don't they? So I'm going to give it to Yanis semi begrudgingly, but realistically, anyone but Embiid. Well, there we go. Um, we're split on this podcast. We've got one vote each for these three leading candidates. I'm pretty much mostly because I picked Embiid at the start of the season. I'm going to pick Embiid as my pick now. Um, I've tried not to come off that hill. I think he has had, of all three of these guys, as you, you could say he's had the most difficult season, but I suppose Jokic, you know, he has had teammates missing. But the whole Ben Simmons thing, he was pretty much on his own for a long time, wasn't he? I'm sorry, everyone. We're just waving to uh, uh, Theo's son there, who's... Uh, Going to bed, I think, ready for his, uh, ready for tomorrow. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think Embiid's had a, a difficult season when it comes to sort of managing the situation in Philadelphia. Obviously, then incorporating Harden in, which you know got off to a very hot start when they were playing the trash of that is the New York Knicks a couple of times. He got some good wins and then came back down to earth. But Embiid has been a very consistent performer. Um, these things tend to you tend to sort of lose a bit of. Um, once you've won it, you tend to lose a bit of the media's interest in a way. I think Yanis had his back-to-back seasons and last year he wasn't he wasn't really in, in the discussion at all, even though he was playing just as well. This season he's playing just as well as he always does and he's suddenly back in the discussion. Is that going to be a factor? I think he's the best player of the three, no doubt, but I don't think he he, he will get that get the win, unfortunately, for him. Um, and Jokic, are the media going to get a bit tired of of? because he won last season it seems like there's a great narrative for him he's sort of the bookies favourite and all that kind of thing but I, I, I would give it to Embiid this season I think overall I think he's got a, a deserving case and being a sort of first time winner would be uh, something that'd be good to see I'm going to walk back actually what I just said about being a, anyone but Embiid I am still a Joel Embiid hater and don't get me wrong I don't like the guy I don't think he's a very nice individual um, but all things considered He's an exceptional basketball player. And I'm sure I've said in the past that it, how his biggest fact thing is that he never stays healthy. He's never played a full season. And I've got to give credit where it's due. He, I can't remember him missing any stint of games this year. I don't think he's had any sort of remotely significant injury. So maybe it's time that we do I give him his credit and he gets his plaudits for staying healthy in the way that he's, he's struggled to do in the past. And he's got the 76ers right where they need to be. So maybe I'll reconsider. Maybe I will go. Maybe I will go in Team Embiid, and it's always nice to see a new face in the MVP winners list. So perhaps, perhaps maybe I can be wrong. Maybe we've just witnessed it. I think one thing you always want to look back on with MVP is 
even though it is a regular season award, I think that the sort of playoff implications are quite important. You don't want to look back on the MVP and be like, wow, we picked that guy as MVP. Like Russell Westbrook's MVP season is, you know, that was my first sort of full season sort of following the league. And it was incredible the things he was doing on the court. And really for the regular season, he was a deserving MVP. But he got to the playoffs and his team got absolutely smoked. And I think that's probably what we're going to see from the Nuggets, unfortunately. Without Michael Porter Jr. and without Jamal Murray there, I mean, Jokic did relatively well last season getting one series win. But this year, the competition in the West is so much stronger. He's he's probably going to be a first-round exit. I don't think we're going to see that from Embiid or um, even Giannis. Both of those have... Hey, the way, got- the way the 76ers have been playing, though... They're like the most, un- they're the most inconsistent team in the league. You can't call it with them. So it's don't true. write off them getting an embarrassment in the first round. It's true, but I think if Philly finish third, they're going to absolutely, they're going to sweep the balls, no problem. They've, they, you know, Embiid absolutely kills Chicago, and even Toronto, I feel like, would struggle to deal with Embiid's size and the pick and roll and all that kind of thing. Obviously, these could be famous last words, but I do think the playoff implications are important, and as much as I. I I love Jokic's game and I think he's a fantastic player. We've only really seen him deliver a long sort of playoff run once. And I know we've not seen it out of Embiid either, but Jokic has had his, has his season last year. I think it's I think it's Embiid's time. That's that's just me anyway. No, but there, you, when I look at Jokic, you've got people like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. out now, of course. which is not going to be helpful for him and it's not fair in him. But if you have those two with him, the, the the Nuggets could potentially challenge for conference finals if they had them two with them. Yeah. So that's what I feel like with Jokic. You, you, I'm not saying you're faulting him, Jared, but I just feel like that's the least he can do. That's the best he can do of what he has got. And like you can't, I'm not saying you're playing him, but you can't blame him for that reason. And that's why I'm like, you can't. I won't take it away from him just because he's not going. He, you know, he's not going to do too well in the playoffs, but. I know you're not saying that, but do you know what I mean? I just feel like he's been so consistent in what he does. I'm not saying Joel and Bees and all, but Joel and Bean, he, he's got he's got his games where he just keeps quiet, where he's not fully a cry, he's just a crybaby or something. Look, it used to be Jokic, okay? Just to get around the bushes, Jokic should win it again. That's what I'm trying to get at. Another factor to take into that has been brought up really is and it, it is it is mad when you think back of it that Nikola Jokic literally deliberately injured someone for seventy five percent of an NBA season. Markeith Morris is I think he, I don't even know if he's into double figure games this season. Now obviously we touched on that at the time and the Morris the Morris brothers of you know there was a whole Jokic brothers Morris brothers thing that was going on and you know Jokic was initially the one who got hit and retaliated but I mean what does that look like for the league that a player got banned for one game and yet the guy that he injured was out for 60 plus games it, it is a weird sort of move to think about such a such a dirty move from a player is going to be rewarded with yet another MVP trophy not that it should be something that's taken away but you know in football Markeith deserved that if that's your opinion Vinny you you say that that's fine but in football if there's a a really dirty player who just you know goes out like I don't know 
I'm not watched football in long enough. No, but would you say? No, would, but, would you put that player forward as somebody who you want to say, yes, this is the best player in our league? Somebody who is like Roy Keane when he did that Haaland for City player. When he, you know, you wouldn't put him forward as oh, he's the best player in the league this season when he's going out injuring people. Do you know what I mean? It was one little incident that he. I'm sure he gave the guy was, like a severe neck injury. He nearly had to yeah. retire. But Jokic didn't do it on purpose. Well, he didn't mean to do it if it's that bad. It was just the retaliation that I got. I find it's not Jokic's style to be that kind of player. He's not. He's not purposed going out to injure he, people. He has he's history. Not like, he does yeah. have history of this. In last season's playoffs, he does have history of nah, this. Jokic is a nice guy. Leave him alone. I think. I think he is a nice guy, and I think he's a fantastic player. But like Theo said before, we're coming to the point where we've got such a tight race certain things are going to divide it up, which maybe in the past wouldn't have done. Being a six seed, being somebody who committed GBH on a basketball court, <laughs> like these kind of things uh, as an Embiid supporter is, is is what's going to swing it in his direction. But look, as we say, he's the bookies' favourite, Jokic, to go back to back. He's got the ESPN straw poll, he's leading that, all that kind of thing. So, you know, we'll find out at some point during the season, during the playoffs, I'm sure, when Jokic is probably once again back in Serbia because his team is not going to go very far in the playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, let's let's talk playoffs. Um, we've already had a somewhat humorous prediction, I think, from Theo. I'm not I'm not quite sure how sort of realistic he was with his his Clippers Nets uh, prediction for the finals. Um, We'll give him a chance to to either redeem himself or or stick with his his, his aforementioned prediction. Theo, how do you see the playoffs uh, working out? We tend to do this on the Metro Criteria. We, we pick our finals preview before the playoffs start, so we'll give each each of us an opportunity now. You go first, Theo. Uh, I really, as much as I'd love to double down on Clippers Nets, if it does happen, do remember that I said it. But realistically speaking, it's probably not probably not going to be the case. Um, I have to back my Brooklyn Nets. I feel like it's only right that I do so. Um, as we've been on air, there's been been reports that Ben Simmons is is apparently tipped to return during the first round of the uh, of the NBA playoffs. Should the Nets get there, which again you'd kind of have to expect them to. Proven playoff performer Ben Simmons. Proven playoff performer Ben Simmons. Yeah, um, I feel like that. If we if the Brooklyn can get 10, 15 productive minutes out of, of Ben Simmons, that could be, while it's not necessarily a needle mover with regards to uh, can they win the championship, I think the Nets have all the pieces they need potentially to win the chip without Simmons. If They're going to need maybe a couple of, of breaks along the way, but I do think the Nets can do that. Ben Simmons doesn't necessarily move the needle, but I think it certainly reduces the the number of look of lucky breaks the Nets would need to be able to do that. So I've got to back my boys, Brooklyn. Um, the only team I feel that could really threaten them out of the East is probably going to be Milwaukee. Um, no disrespect to any of the other teams. I mean, the Heat have had a fantastic season, um, and it, it seems strange how little attention they're drawing as far as um, genuine playoff or even. Eastern Conference contenders goes, they're, they're really not making a lot of noise. And I think that's probably only going to continue. Uh, Boston, again, without Robert Williams for a little bit of time, I think it's due back either at some point in the first round or second round. Should they get there? 
again, that's a huge loss for them. And they've not necessarily felt his loss. He's felt the difference too much so far. But once you start getting into Robert, I mean, Robert Williams has been absolutely fantastic this season. Certainly a most improved candidate as far as the, the contribution he's had to that Celtics team. So that's going to be a huge loss for them in, in whatever series it is that they'll like to return. Um, the 76ers, Joel Embiid, again, brilliant. Not necessarily proven in the playoffs, but he's joined now by somebody who absolutely is proven in the playoffs in the form of James Harden. So, you know, they're absolutely not a threat to coming out of the East at all. Um, and beyond that, you, there's, I just, there's nobody who puts any sort of fear in me like like Yanis' Milwaukee does. And so I've got to back my nets to come out of the East. And out of the West, again, it's, it's difficult. Uh, it would be disrespectful I think to say anyone other than the Suns at this point they've just been head and shoulders far and away the best team in the league this season it was a similar sort of situation last year they were so good and nobody really thought they were going to do it in the playoffs and then they absolutely absolutely did it in the playoffs so I'm not going to make that same mistake again and I think I'm I'm taking the the taking the odds on Phoenix continuing to steamroll the league and and do the do the business and, and get out of the West. So I'm, I'm queuing up early, a Phoenix Suns versus Brooklyn Nets playoff final. And what's your prediction for that final, potential final series? Okay. I've got to give it to Brooklyn because Phoenix have been the best team throughout the league the whole year. Shock. Well, exactly. Phoenix have been the best team in the league throughout the year. I've just said head and shoulders. They're playing 700 basketball. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous how good the Phoenix Suns have been. Brooklyn, just about over 500, only just getting into the playoffs. I mean, why wouldn't I back the Brooklyn Nets to beat the best team in the last five years or whatever? Like, obviously, Shock. we're going to do that in a seven-game series. And I'll, get, I'll tell you for why. I'll tell you for why. If ah, There's just two I'll words. I'll tell you why, because you're the most biased fan ever. That's the, well, there is that, but there's also Kevin Durant. Like, I mean, any team that's got Kevin Durant on, put him in that in a seven-game series to win it all. I feel like you've got a maybe. I don't know. Maybe give him maybe a little bit, of, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Maybe who knows? Maybe that's just again my my subconscious bias. I had a thought about this recently, um, and maybe it's a little bit too late into the pod to truly unpack this. But the last time Kevin Durant was the best playoff player in the league was uh, bearing in mind we're saying the best playoff player is the, the the guy who leads his team to a championship was what was it 2018 with the Warriors so we're talking four seasons ago now now I appreciate obviously there's a massive 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 round here that Durant was injured for one and three quarters of those seasons and there was a pandemic in there and all that kind of thing but KD's great Obviously, he's mint and he's definitely, if he's not the best player in the league, then he's certainly second behind Yanis. But when was the last time he did it in the playoffs? Why, why have we all got this immediate, oh, it's Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. He's not Michael Jordan. He doesn't just take his team to championships every single season. He had to leave Oklahoma to go and join up with the Warriors to take to get that, you know, playoff. He's never done it, along, not alongside Steph Curry, you know? He's great. He's brilliant. I don't think he's a surefire ring though, and I think I think there's a, a lot of talk as if as if he's a surefire. Oh, you got KD on your healthy KD on your team. It's a championship. It's happened twice in what fourteen seasons now. You know, just just a it's thought. It's a fair point. Just a thought. It's a, it's a it's a fair point, but I think if you think about the 
Nets series against Milwaukee last season in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. In that game seven, but the, the game six and game seven, actually, we had Kevin Durant played every minute of those games. And you think, think of the players who shared the court with him. You had James Harden with half a leg. Joe Harris, who couldn't hit a three if it was shooting into a swimming pool in that series. Like, you look at the calibre of player that he had and he was a, a, a shoe size away from sending Giannis Antetokounmpo's Milwaukee Bucks, the NBA champions of that season home. I mean, yes, I, I get what you're saying and I do agree. Like, it's it's maybe a bit of a, a step to say, oh, KD could do it anytime. But I think if you surround, take the injuries away, or even maybe one of those injuries, or even Joe Harris's poor shooting away from that Nets book series, I think we're looking at a totally different outcome of history. And that's going to be because of of Kevin Durant. But who knows? Yes. KD, superb and best player in the league, second best player in the league. But I agree. Yeah, there is a lot of talk that he is the man when realistically speaking, he's only done it sort of a small handful of times. I do think he's like a fine wine. I think he's he's gotten better. Um, and I think this has to be the season that he proves that he is the man because I don't think he can let another another player come around and, and take his, his lunch money again. I think this has got to be the do or die for KD this time. Yeah, yeah there's absolutely, there's fine lines. There's always things, obviously we're saying with injury, we're saying with this issue size and all that kind of thing. But it's just, I've, I've seen a lot of talk recently about KD. He's already a top 10 player all time. He's already top 10. How high is he going? And I think we need to rein that in. He's, he's not Michael Jordan. He's not LeBron. He's not Magic. He's not, he's not anywhere near that level at this stage in his career. Fantastic in terms of talent. Maybe in terms of talent, he's a top 10 player all time. But in terms of what he's delivered up to now in his career, I, I, does, he even, does he even break top 15? Who knows? Maybe that's a debate for another time. Sorry, Vincent. We went very much off chat there. We, but hopefully that gave you a, a couple of minutes to have a little five-minute five power nap. Um, who is your finals pick? And in how many games will one of those teams beat the other team? Um, I'm going to do a repeat. I feel like it's going to be Suns versus Milwaukee again. How original. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, Vinny. Sorry, sorry Vinny. Sorry. Like, what, what, what do you have to say to that, though? The Suns are clearly... I was going to do the exact the same thing, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like it's going to be the Suns versus the Milwaukee Bucks again. I feel like the Suns... They're the, clearly the best. Well, yeah, they clearly are the best team in the league. I think people have slept on them so much. I think people have slept on Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker is probably potentially playing one of his best seasons he's ever played. Like, people are even not even considering him as an MVP. But if you see the numbers, he's dropping. The guy is worthy of an MVP. Devin Booker is outstanding. Chris Paul is playing like a madman. This team was better without Chris Paul. They, they, I think they went like. So many games undefeated without Chris Paul or wins, whatever. They were great without Chris Paul. So when they've got Chris Paul back, bounce back, I just feel like this team is outstanding. So the the Suns, for me, only people I can see giving the Suns trouble is the Warriors, the fully fit Warriors. That's the only team I can see giving them a trouble in the West. But I feel like they'll get to the finals. And then when it comes down to the Eastern Conference, yes, Milwaukee, oh yes, the Nets are no joke. Like 
for me, the Nets, when you look at them on paper, this team should be destroying the league if you look at them on paper. But right now, I've seen some bad performances from them, losses that they should have won a couple of times, defensively very, very poor, decision-making at the end, like not the best. So I just feel like Milwaukee have strengthened. They're more better. I know on paper, technically, they're not as stronger than last year, but I feel like they've got gained more experience from winning a championship. And they know how to win now. They know how to win it all. They know how to get the, 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 the Nets haven't been to that final yet. Yes, they've got two individual players who have been in the finals, but I just feel like they don't know as a team their full identity yet, but the Milwaukee Bucks know who they are. They know who they are. The, the Nets don't really fully know what kind of team they are because if Ben Simmons come back, how is that going to work? I'm not trying to say the Nets won't figure it out and they'll come and win it all. They could potentially win it all, but that's how I see my finals. I feel like it's going to be the Suns versus the Bucks finals, and I feel like the Bucs are going to win again. I feel like Giannis, like you've said, Theo, he's playing MVP caliber again. Outstanding what he's doing. Lovable, but he's got better. His three-point shooting's got better. He's a better, he's better on the free throw line. It's like he's improved. How how more? What, what's his limit? What's his cap? What else, what's his ceiling? What else can he, can he do? So... I feel like the Bucs are going to win it all again and I feel like it's going to be boxing seven. I'd just like to push back on something you said there a little bit, Vincent, because it's the meta criteria. That's Shock. what we do every, t- every time you open your mouth and someone has something to contrary Shock. to say based on what you've just said. Shock. Yeah, um, Shock. Only just about what you said about the, the Bucs having improved. Um, I think the Bucs... It's, it's a difficult one because they've... they've more or less played to a similar standard as they have last year. But I think one of the biggest factors, um, <laughs> just yawn in my face, Vincent. Oh, I'm so that's no, no, I am genuinely no tired. Worries. No, I, I genuinely didn't even mean that. I'm just tired. Fine, I am genuinely fine. tired. Um, one of the biggest factors in that next, next books series last year was um, PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker defending Kevin Durant was a was a huge a huge uh, bonus for the Bucks and obviously the, having passed on Tucker this time the, I, I just don't see how that matchup goes down without PJ in there to, to to try and keep a lid on Kevin Durant obviously you can't stop KD you can only sort of slow him try and slow him down and Tucker is probably one of the best in the league at doing that I just don't see anybody on that Bucks team who can step into that breach and defensively so I mean it's going to be a whole series it's going to be an incredible watch if it happens who knows if the Nets even get to to the playoffs because as much as I'm blowing smoke up the Nets backside they're still technically not even in the playoffs yet so I don't know it's just it's just difficult and I think the Bucks have more flaws now than they did last year. I think particularly the more exploitable now, aside from Yanis's obvious improvement, if you look at the rest of the team, you've still got Mr. One in three, Chris Middleton. Like they've lost DiVincenzo, who was who, who, a huge factor for them throughout the season. So I just don't, I, just, I would I hesitate no, to say they've no, improved. No, no. Okay. So you say, yes, Yanis has improved. So you don't think Bobby Portis has improved? Bobby Portis, yeah, has improved. Bobby, Bobby Portis, Portis has improved, right? Then they've got people like shooters in your what's his name? The guy who's a, who's a dirty player. What's he called? Grayson, Grayson Allen. Allen. Grayson Allen. 
great shooter in him. Chris Middleton, you know what Chris Middleton can do. Chris Middleton, yes, he's going quiet, but you know when the time comes, he can step up. He's shown that he can step up. Kevin Durant, the situation with Kevin Durant, I was watching an interview with, what's his name? Drew Holiday, and he basically said, Kevin Durant's one of those type of players, you just got to let him do what he can do. You can't necessarily stop him, but you just got to do what you got to do with him. All the only thing they need to focus on is just outscore the Nets then. Outscore them. We, we know we can't let... They they know they can't win just with Kevin Durant. So all they can do is just outscore the Nets. And that's how I view play. You can't just say just because PJ Tucker's not there anymore that now they, they, they're weak in that sense. I feel like... I feel like they're still capable of beating the Nets. They've shown that they can beat the Nets recently. They show that they beat the they beat the Nets a couple of weeks ago, weren't they? So it clearly just shows you you can you can beat this team. We can beat them, and that's how I feel like they the thing that makes me lets me down more with the Nets is their decision making. Their decision making has become poorer for me. Their last minute decision making, like who gets the final shot, who who makes those kind of decisions, that's what's making the Nets fail. And they're defensively absolutely terrible in some sense. So I just feel like what what you just said before about them not knowing their identity, I think is probably the biggest the biggest problem. You've got the coach turning around and saying, "Oh, we're we're trying to be a defensive team." Like when we give up in certain situ- certain lineups, we have like the worst defensive rating in the league. Like this isn't a defensive team. The only way this team's successful is if they hang the hats on being able to score 140 points every night. That's the, the only is, way they'll be able to succeed if that is their identity. And the thing is, even if uh, um, what's his name Ben Simmons does play, which I think he most likely will play, they still don't know how they're going to play. But with the benefit that the Milwaukee Bucks know is they know their team. They know fully who they are and how they're going to win games. They know what they need to do. The Buck, the, the Nets, they will still need to figure that out. That's why I feel like they've got an advantage in them. So that's why I feel like PJ Tucker being out of it doesn't make it like, oh, they've lost it because of that. Nah, I can't see it like that. I feel like the Nets, the, the box is still very, very good. And like you said, Yanis has only got better. So if your best player has got better, I think that shares a lot. Would you say Kevin Durant's got better? No, Kevin Durant says Kevin Durant. Kev, come on, Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant. He's not got better. He's just Kevin have you Durant. Seen him? Have you seen him this year? I wouldn't say he's got better. Kevin Durant's always been doing this, but he's always just capable of this. But Yanis has actually got better. Yanis has got better in his three-point shooting, his decision-making. He's got better in his free throws. He's a better player. So when your best player's got better, you know your identity of your team. I just feel like you've got an advantage over that. So I feel like me, my finals are... The Suns versus the Bucks and the Bucks in seven to win it all. There we go. So I suppose it's time for me to give my pick. Um, I think last year when we did this, um, I said it was going to be Milwaukee against the Clippers. And I think Vinny laughed in my face. Oh, why didn't laugh in my face? He said, oh, what a boring NBA finals that would be. And then there, what happened? I got one side right and the Clippers weren't that far away. If Kawhi was healthy, he knows what would have happened. But anyway, I said recently on a recent episode, I don't know why we're all messed about. Why are we talking about anyone else winning the championship this season? Phoenix have just, they're just a cut above the rest. So, so, so much better than any other team in the league. Yes, it is the regular season, but 
that that loss hurt last season. Do you, you you remember when the the ticker tape was coming down and you saw Devin Booker and took his jersey and just said, "Damn!" Like you know, you could see how much it hurt him, and you could see what it meant to Monty Williams losing that. Chris Paul, of course, he's desperate to get a ring. You know, as he's approaching his late thirties and he's suddenly vegan and better than he's ever been ever before <laughs> in his career. Phoenix are winning the championship. I'm I'm going out and saying that right now. Um, it's a hard one. Who's going to come out of the East? I do think. Like I say, I said it was unoriginal from Vinny, but I'm going to pick the exact same thing. I think Milwaukee are probably the currently the class of the Eastern Conference. Um, had Rob Williams been healthy, that would have been an interesting one for the Celtics because they have, have been phenomenal the last couple of months. Philly, too many playoff issues for me. Miami, who's going to score? Tyler Hero, is he? Probably not. Um, so yeah, I think Milwaukee will make the finals and I think Phoenix will probably win. In, I think they'll do it in six, just like Milwaukee did it to them last season. Um, and I'm here for it. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. I think Phoenix deserve. Uh, there's a lot of guys on that team who deserve to win a championship. Uh, none more so than uh, the man, the foible of LeBron James, who does all his dancing in his face. Uh, Jay Crowder, love that guy. What a player. Uh, big fan of Jay Crowder. So yeah, give me, give me the Phoenix Suns in six. And that, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen will just about do it for a regular season recap slash playoff preview. Too much alliteration going on in that sentence podcast, but it's been fun. It's been nice being back together. Um, who knows when we'll be back. We'll be back at some point in the playoffs. Of course we will. We'll be talking uh, NBA. Um, just one final question. How many games do you see the Bulls winning in the playoffs this season? Who are they playing in the first round? We don't know yet. It's likely it could be the Celtics, Milwaukee, or Philly. It could be any of those three. They've not won against any of those teams yet, have they? At all. We beat the Celtics once. When they were bad. When they were terrible. I'm, I'm going to say... I'm saying zero, okay? I'm saying the Bulls are winning zero. Oh. I'm oh. going to say one. One. I think the... Oh. I so you think they're going to get swept, Jared? I ge- genuinely, whoever they get of those three, they're going to get swept. <laughs> because they, oh, they can't, have... it, it used to be that they couldn't beat teams on the road, but they were very good at home. Now they're terrible at home as well. It's just well, it's, it's weren't we, this shows you how basketball can change so it, quickly. It, 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 it kills you. Literally, a couple of months ago, we were literally talking about them being conference finals. Now we're like getting swept. You wow. you may have said that. I never said that. I don't think I I don't think I was the only one. I don't think everyone was looking at me going, think, "You're crazy to even said that, Vincent." I, I think we're all kind of like, you know, what they could potentially get conference finals. But now, even saying that is just a laughable. And is. now we're saying they're going to get swept. Yeah. Wow, things can change fast, ladies and gentlemen. In this in this wonderful game that we love basketball. <laughs> But to answer your question, I'm going to say <laughs> Theo's face there was brilliant. But to answer your question, I'm going to say two games. Two games. Wow, hey. that is very generous of you, Vincent. Two games. I think I think they could take a team to seven games. Why not? I six. think they could take someone seven games. No, not seven games, but maybe five or six games. Yeah. Wow. Wow. There we go. We'll see. We'll see. Managing expectations, the Chicago Bulls, Jack Bowie edition. So, yeah, thanks so, for I feel sorry for you now, oh, but it is, like, I feel, it is rough. I, 
I feel like you've just completely given up on your team, man. I, I, just have some faith. This least just be in denial. Do you feel? I'm learning my lesson. <laughs> you, the, the most disheartening thing, I don't know how many times I've been onto Yahoo Fantasy and checked the latest injury update or checked Twitter for the latest injury update on Lonzo Ball. I'm like, when Lonzo Ball comes back, he's the tone setter, he's the point guard. He's, yeah, it'll be fine. What's all about? Now Lonzo Ball's not coming back. I mean, they might as well. They might as well put me out there. I could do a better job than some of the people coming off the bench for the balls at the moment. It's rough. It's rough. I'm not happy, but I am happy because I've had a nice podcast, and hopefully, you've all had a nice podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and, I, it- and, we, and I did make Theo's face jump. Then did you see that when I when I said about the in, in denial bit? He didn't like that comment. <laughs> I would have. It would have been more expressive, but my scalp didn't have the flexibility and required to to really go for it. But yeah, thank you, thank you all for listening, everyone. Please uh, continue to. Share the podcast with anyone who would like to listen. Give us your playoff pre playoff predictions, your regular season awards, your how things have gone for your team season. We'd love to to hear from you all. And until the next episode, Jared is signing off. Theo is also signing off. Um, ah. Can I just say I'm I'm looking forward to I'll be watching the Nets play in the NBA play in Eastern Conference play in 2022. I'll be watching from the beach in Gran Canaria, doing my wife's head in, probably watching the basketball way too late. She'll be trying to sleep. We'll be in a cramped little hotel room. I'll have a, be basking in the glow of my laptop, cursing and swearing, no doubt, as the Nets uh, flame out in the, fir- the first opportunity, ready to get duffed up by. Um, Trey Young in the second round. So, with that in mind, just remember to say to your arenas wherever you go. I'll be doing it over in Gran Canaria. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. It's been your boy Vincent. It's been everybody. We're enjoying it. We out. <laughs>